Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men. I am Joe McGuire. He is Sean Scanlon. And uh, look, as expected, the New York Giants, things did not go well. Let's put it to you like that against the San Francisco 49ers. The Giants were pretty much dominated in that game. And yet, Sean, somehow... They hung in the game. The score was uh, 18 to 12. And, you know, the Giants could have gotten anything together. Uh, they they could have crawled back into this game. That despite the fact uh, Danny Dimes, 22 out of 32, just 132 yards through an interception, no touchdowns again. Here's the problem, Sean, and I'm sure you'll agree. Jones was pressured. On 15 of 34 dropbacks, that is, it makes things extremely difficult for, let's be honest, he's not the best quarterback in football. I don't think anybody thinks that, but I'd like to remind people, Sean, that when you're talking about the greatest Giants quarterbacks of all time, it's a short list. Phil Simms is probably on it. Eli Manning is on it. And if you're if you want to go a couple deeper, you're talking like Frank Gifford and YA Tittle. The Giants are not known for having great quarterbacks. This is this isn't Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. You sprinkle in a Don Mikowski, and that's your quarterbacks for the last 45 years. The Giants don't have that. Daniel Jones, and we've talked about this, Sean is right for this team, for this offense. But when he's pressured on half of his dropbacks, when the offensive line is as porous as it's been, this is what you're going to get. I mean, the Giants clearly can't compete with the upper echelon of the NFL, at least as of right now, yeah? Absolutely. Um, we're just not at that level where we're contending for championships right now. We saw it in week one um, and we saw it last Thursday that these defensive lines and defensive fronts that we're facing, um, we're just not built to you know, compete against them. Our offensive line um, is just in disarray right now, especially with having Andrew Thomas out, another starter and, and Ben Bredesen doesn't make it any better. So we're, we're just not built to protect um, those elite fronts that you know truly are top three, top five fronts in the league and we've seen that so far first couple of weeks so obviously it's it's easy to you know look at it and you know kind of overreact because we're not going to be seeing these fronts all season we'll play some good defenses no doubt but um i mean these these are really elite uh type level fronts that are going to get after the quarterback and that's why daniel jones has struggled so far um except for you know that second half against arizona pretty much so if, if we can't get this protection together, um, it, it, it will probably be a long season. But we also aren't going to be facing this sort of competition. So I do have some high hopes that, you know, Evan Neal will start to get it together. Um, hopefully that interior O-line will gel a little bit. Um, we'll be getting Andrew Thomas back at some point. So it, it's definitely tough to watch right now. Um, and if they do continue to play like this, then definitely not a lot of high hopes. But uh, I do have some uh, hopes that they can get some continuity, start to gel together. And then hopefully from there, um, you know, after this rough stretch through the first six weeks, we can start to get it together and uh, hopefully, you know, win some ball games and try and compete for a wild card. I had suggested last week when we did the the preview for this game that the Giants should load up on Darren Waller. I said maybe 10, 12 targets. He got seven, made three catches for just 20 yards because the 49ers were thinking what I was thinking with no Saquon. They weren't going to let Darren Waller beat them. And as you look at, at the, the Giants' numbers, uh, Paris Campbell had six catches for 24 yards. So nobody else stepped up. Matt Bereda led the rushing attack, four carries for 17 yards. The Giants as a team ran 11 times for 29 yards, 2.6 a carry. That's terrible. Uh, and for the Giants, you need to be able to, to establish some sort of run. And they haven't been able to do that again. As you mentioned, look, the Cowboys and the 49ers are the class of the NFC and probably more so the 49ers. Um, obviously, the Cowboys had their issues last week with a very tough Arizona team, uh, an Arizona team that uh, 
beat up on the Giants in the first half of their game. Now, the Giants, of course, got it together in the second half, and it's funny in that game. That game was 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 so interesting, Sean, in that in the second half, when Daniel Jones had time and he was being protected and the Cardinals were in his zone, picked them apart. And obviously led that team back to uh, win a football game. So, again, we know this guy's got the skill set when he's not running for his life, not having Saquon and 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 uh, and obviously Thomas uh, are huge. I mean, uh, those are probably the two best offensive players on the New York Giants. And so yeah. two, two best players overall, probably. Listen, here's the thing, right? I, I, I've been laughing because I've been watching a lot this week with, with Justin Wilson and with, uh, uh, fields, Justin Fields. And, uh, in the case of Justin Wilson, it's, he's a piece of garbage. It's got nothing to do with the coaching or the, the, the poor selection, uh, as high as they drafted him or the fact that they went out and got Aaron Rodgers and didn't have a contingency plan. Um, you, you look at, uh, you know, I, I think this, this giants team is what it is. Uh, I, I think un, until they can, I don't even know, Sean, I guess, you know, getting, getting Saquon back is going to be huge here. I mean, he, he, he really is, uh, he's a difference maker. And when he's not there, it's problematic. And they had high hopes. They were going to rush him back, but he's a fast healer. It looks like he's going to miss this game here coming up with the Seattle Seahawks as well. Uh, Thomas still in doubt. He did practice today. Saquon practice, but it doesn't look like either one of them is going to get into the game. Uh, so that's concerning, but I, I, I think if the giants could straighten out this offensive line and I think they could do it against, and look, I think the other thing, Sean, is you could figure out how good the other team's defenses are when they're playing the giants. If you want to know how good your defense is, uh, you should, you should be able to, uh, gauge it in a game against the New York Giants. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good litmus test um, going against this line uh, because if you have a good day or if you have a good defense, then most likely you're going to have success uh, and get after the quarterback. But the Seahawks um, haven't been great, especially against the pass, so that, that gives me some signs of hope. And on the touching on Saquon, I, I wouldn't want to rush him back um, if he's not ready yet for Monday because we've seen him have these high ankle injuries before in the past in 2019 and in 2021. Um he missed three games and four games. So when he came back, though, it was kind of slow, a slow start to get him back to that form that he's at. So if he's not ready, I, I don't think there's any, you know, any reason why we should rough him, rush him back 15 days after the injury that happened because he's such a huge part of this offense. Um, obviously, it would be nice to have him out there. But if he's not ready to contribute to this offense, I don't, I don't see a reason why, especially against the Seahawks defense, like I said, that isn't, you know, elite. Um Still have a bunch of good playmakers and, you know, Hodgins, Slayton, Waller. Um, we just have to, you know, have protection up front, give them time to get them the ball. Um, we can have some running plays with Daniel Jones as well. You know, that that works. So it, I, I don't I don't see why we should rush Saquon back. I would kind of, you know, be more hesitant to rush him back because I, I just don't think it's, it's worth taking that risk, um, especially going, you know, later down the season. Say he gets re-injured again, um, that kind of just breaks up, you know, your whole – um, hopes for you know postseason play. So I, I'd like to play that safe and uh, hopefully just go out and uh, have a good passing performance against the Seahawks because I think that will be huge um, if we want to go you know go win that game Monday night and it's it's a must win at this point because you know you start off one and two offense hasn't looked great defense hasn't looked good really at all either um, poor tackling no pass rush um, two rookie cornerbacks which you know they they played well so far but. Um, you know, you can't really rely on that all season, especially with no pass rush. So this is a must win because um, then you have Miami, who looks like maybe the best offense of all time. Um, yeah. And Buffalo, who after that, you know, rough week one has come out and beat the crap out of the next two teams that they played. So they're back to be in Buffalo. So the, this is a must win at home Monday night. Big opportunity in prime time. Uh, if you don't win this, this season can really go off the rails. So it, it's really important that this offense, you know, starts to get it going.
obviously Geno Smith uh, is the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and he's played well. He's played well in the last two years. And I forget which Giants group that I'm in. Uh, arguably one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. They suggested this is a revenge game because Geno, of course, replaced Eli Manning in the starting lineup. And I don't think Geno asked for that. I don't think Gino was expecting that. I think we we're all shocked that it was Gino and not uh, uh, Davis Webb that got to start that week. I don't think the Yan the Giants have any ill will towards Gino Smith uh, and the fact that he's gone on to do good things. And I thought, like, that is the, the possibly the stupidest thing I've ever heard. A revenge game. He didn't do anything. Somebody was going to start in Eli's place. It happened to be Gino. What? Like what? You even people even talking about? Yeah, this, I, this I, fan base is is questionable at best. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, some of the fans like just like to make connections um, when you're playing a team. You know, going against a former player who used to play for the Giants. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really see that. It's it was Ben McAdoo's decision, which is still a, a stupid decision. Eli, you know should have had some respect from this organization where he got to, you know, keep that streak going uh, as long as he wanted to, um, because we weren't playing for anything at that point. There's Geno Smith wasn't going to be our starter, you know, going into the next year. If you want to see Davis Webb, maybe to see if you right. have a young quarterback, but um, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If anything, I think it would be, it's pretty much just from the fans who, I mean, obviously loved Eli that they want to see, you know, Geno Smith probably do poorly, but he's been really good. So, by the way, my understanding of this situation is, is that they basically told Eli something to the effect of he would either start the first half or the second half and somebody else, and he said no. So he very well could have kept that streak intact and he didn't want to do it that way. Right. So, to suggest that there's anything, any animosity or that any of this falls on Geno Smith is, I mean, it's a stretch. It really is a stretch. And and let me say this, because I've seen a lot of this on social media in the last few days. And we're going to talk about Daniel Jones uh, and some things that the 49ers said about him. And I know a, a lot of fans still aren't sold on Daniel Jones. And to those folks, I say this, if you're not a fan of Daniel Jones, you're not a Giants fan. Plain and simple. It's your starting quarterback. You might not like him. You might not think he's great. Maybe you don't think he's even good. That's your starting quarterback. If you're not on board with this guy, you're not rooting for this guy, who, by the way, leaves everything out on the field. I mean, he is a competitor like nobody else in this league, man. This guy, a lot of the times, is basically tasked with carrying a lousy team on his back and it doesn't look good because the team sucks. That's the real problem here is that this team has so many holes and it's like, you want to blame it on Daniel Jones. Anybody who's watching this team that knows anything about football, it's, it's obvious. This guy is not the problem. Yeah, and, you know, casuals who don't actually watch the Giants games will tell you different. Um, you know, they'll look at Daniel Jones' numbers and say, hey, he doesn't throw any touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he throws for, you know, 150 yards a game. But if you actually watch this team, you you understand that. this And it starts just this year. I mean, Daniel Jones has been dealing with this his whole career with the Giants, and he's never had a legit number one receiver to throw to. Um, he's always had a poor line, and he's been put in bad situations. Um, had some, you know, terrible play callers, you know, under the judge era when Pat Shermer was still here, too. Um, so it, it's never been an ideal situation around for Daniel Jones. And we saw last year when you put some structure around him, um, an O-line that wasn't great last year, but, with, you know, held up better than they have this year. Um, Daniel Jones can go out and win you ball games, And that's what he did last year. Finished a bunch of games in the fourth quarter, you know, leading them to comeback wins. Uh, finally brought them to a playoff game, you know, won a playoff game on the road against a 13-win team. Say what you want about the Vikings last year. Um, Daniel Jones still stepped in and did that in one of the best, you know, performances of his career. So, yeah, if you're a Giants fan that hates on Daniel Jones, I mean, just you you have to understand that he hasn't been put in the best situations. And that's that's why I root for Daniel Jones because you said it. He's a competitor. Um, that, that Giants-Cowboys game week one, 
Uh, a lot of people were, you know, were asking and probably wondering why he wasn't coming out. It's, I think it's because Daniel Jones, you know, wanted to at least get some production on the board. Um, and he just has so much pride in his game and be, and pride in being the New York Giants starting quarterback, especially after getting that big payday in the offseason. He wants to go out and, you know, show some production for these fans. So he's a fighter. He's a competitor. Um, he, you know, he's not going to give up. And, that, and that's what I love about Daniel Jones. I, I think he'll be fine the rest of the year. I, I think this offense will start to get it clicking. Um, it, it's tough when you have, you know, like I said, two of your first three games are against elite defenses. Um, it, you know, it, it's tough, especially with what you have around you. So I think he's going to get it to the click. Um, and I think he's going to shut up a lot of, you know, Giants fans and fans across the NFL that, you know, probably aren't even watching the Giants games. They're, they just like to, you know, make fun of Daniel Jones because uh, it's easy to do, but he, he's going to show up. Um, and I think that, he'll give us a chance to compete for a wild card spot um, eventually down the line this season. So the San Francisco 49ers um, who I think have, a, have their own issues again, barely kept the giants of the game into the fourth quarter struggle the week before with the Rams. Um, I don't know that they're really in a place that they should be talking, but uh, they had some things to say. And Daniel Jones addressed that earlier today. Did you see the things that the 49ers said after the game the other day? Uh, yeah, I saw it. I mean, I think, um, you know, I'm focused on what we're doing, what we're doing here with these guys and um, trying to get back on track. I mean, you're a guy who never would ever say anything, I don't think, negative about an opponent. Does it bother you that... It comes from the other side. And, you, know, you didn't do anything provoking, is what I'm saying. Uh, no, I mean, that's uh, they won. They got good players on defense, and, and uh, they won. So, you know, we're, we're focused on us, focused on, on what we're doing here. How much that's do you view that? That's the first time another player has done that. You don't see that necessarily in Baker Mayfield way back when. Like, why do you think that has been the case with you? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Thanks, How much do you think that's something that just, you know, when you sign a big contract, that, that sort of comes with it, that people are always looking at, you know, the contract and the money you make? Uh, yeah, I guess some people are like that, where they feel the need to do that. Um, that's fine. That's part of it. Daniel, that's, that's it. That's it. Thanks. 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 Again, look, this guy, this guy's getting paid $40 million because... That's what goddamn starting quarterbacks get in the NFL. You pointed this out a couple of weeks ago, Sean. I mean, he's by the time everyone gets their money, Herbert and and Burrow and everybody else that's going to get paid, he's going to end up being in the middle of the pack, which is where most people put him, and that's where his salary will be. Yeah, it's a lot already, of money, but that's what court that's what starting quarterbacks get in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's already close to the middle of the pack, which is uh, honestly, if you assess him, even for Giants fans or NFL fans, I, I think that most people would put him in the middle of the pack. You know, he's not an elite quarterback, but by no means is he a bad quarterback uh, in this league. So I think he's fairly paid. Um, people like just to look at the number because, you know, especially with the numbers jumping so high in the you know past couple of years, uh, they're not used to seeing a $40 million quarterback, um, you know, who hasn't had a ton of success yet in the league. So, yeah, people like to just look at that and point it out. But um, and I saw ESPN had a bunch of segments after um, the game Thursday where, you know, do, do the Giants regret, you know, paying Daniel Jones uh, 40 million dollars? It's three games into the season. You, you have to give in the life of the contract is four years. Um, they just like to overreact to everything. So you have to let the contract play out, at least let this season play out before you can really you know jump into that. But I, I think it's unfair to Daniel Jones and. You see it in that video. Daniel Jones is just all class. Um, he's always been that way. I, I think he kind of got that from Eli as well. But, um, you know, he, he's not going to put any teams down. Um, he's just going to come in, do his job, not say a lot, uh, put his head down and roar. So that, that's what I love about Daniel Jones. Um, and I think that he's going to, you know, end up playing better in the season. I, I, like I said before, I think that eventually at some point we'll be in that wild card contention. Um, where, you know, people will start to understand that this contract was actually worth it. The, the comments 
and and the report is basically suggested, you know, look, he didn't do anything to provoke these guys. And, you know, you look at someone like a Baker Mayfield and, you know, Baker used to get into it with people and people offered their opinion about what a piece of garbage Baker Mayfield was. But they were more talking about Baker Mayfield as a human being um, and as a person. And, and the fact that he sucked as a quarterback didn't help. But we were we were talking about what a joke of a human Baker Mayfield was. And that's why all the ridicule. Because that guy played like crap and didn't even understand he was playing like crap. That's, that's, that's why people talked and said the things they said about Baker Mayfield. Daniel Jones, as you said, goes out there. He does his job. He doesn't talk. He doesn't eat, 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 eat. He's a, one of the most humble guys in the league. And, um, yeah, I, I Giants fans that are hating on this guy, I, I, what's your end game? I don't, I don't understand that. I really don't. Zay, uh, hey. thank you for joining us. Uh, um, no, my bad. It's my fault. Zay wasn't late. It was all my fault, and I appreciate you being here. Let's talk Daniel Jones. This guy's getting it from everybody, Zay. Uh, what do you got? Um, little bit of rightfully so, a little bit of a too much. Um, for the most part, I I do you, I can see where people agree that you know I, we need more from Daniel Jones. Um, I think that also goes to his play calling. I was upset with the amount of usage we had for um for Hyatt last um week. I think Hyatt is a game changer, and I think Daniel Jones needs to be more vocal in getting him the ball and somehow some way so that offense can become explosive. But outside of that, I think a lot of criticism is harsh. Like you guys have mentioned, I don't need to, you know, double down on it. He's been let down by the front office. He's been let down by the offensive line. He's been let down by his staff around him in general. And obviously, like Sean said, after what he did last year, I don't know why people are still coming after his name. There are quarterbacks in the league who have done a lot less than him and more time who doesn't get as much criticism. Hey, <laughs> but big giants fan right here. Oh yeah. Big giants fan. Hello. All right. Hey. All right. But, he just wanted to be on screen for a minute. He's a giants fan. Now he's, he's all about this team and the suffering that comes with it. Zay. Uh, look, it, it, it's part oh, of the, you gotta let her know. It's part of the, it, it comes with the territory of being a giants fan. The, the ebbs and flows of the, the, the seasons we go through. But, uh, again, like Sean said, I think things will start to even out as the year goes on. I think the Giants will improve in certain aspects. Please don't worry about me. I'm just trying to get my laptop together. But uh, <laughs> I do think they will – I think they'll round the corner. I think they'll get Saquon Barkley back at some point. I don't think he needs to come back this week. I think the Giants are more than capable with Daniel Jones. He, like, he, like I mentioned last week or the week before one of them, Daniel Jones has led this team without Saquon Barkley on the field. That Green Bay game is one that stands out to me where Saquon actually got hurt, missed the drive, and he drove down the field in seven plays and scored a touchdown against the great Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers. So I think everyone just needs to take a little chill pill on this criticism and hate for the guy. The guy, you know, he, he, he hasn't been here that long under stable situation and standards to be hating on him. I just think people need to take a break, sit back, and like Sean said, be Giants fans. Let just just enjoy him. He's going Sean, to turn around. Guys, Eli was well, right, terrible. Be Giants fans. Like I don't, I don't know what people were expecting from this season. It seems some Giants fans somehow thought that adding Darren Waller and Paris Campbell, this team was going to go seventeen and zero. And obviously, look, that's. That's not in the cards here. Uh, this team is going to struggle against the elite teams. Uh, Sean and I talked earlier about the those teams with great defensive fronts. The offensive line still a bit of a mess, especially with Andrew Thomas out. It's going to take some time to get this all figured out. The Giants, you're right. I think the Giants can beat Seattle. Oh, they, they certainly can. The defense, Sean, you pointed this out. The defense, Zay, I think has been very disappointing so far. These guys are very much capable, I think, of playing a lot better. Uh, Bobby Okereke has been useless. 
No, I sure. thought this guy was going to show up and make 170 tackles. And and and, and really, the, the Giants need a guy like that. It's been too long. The off the, the the defensive front, the front four has been pathetic. There's been no pass rush. Uh, the rookie corners, which you said, by the way, we could bank on. They they've held their own despite the fact that there's no pass rush. So it's well, one yeah. of those guys in the tough spot. They've played well. The safeties have played well, but the the, yeah. the, the front yeah. seven has been terrible. The tackling last week was atrocious. Yeah. Xavier McKinney made me angry, and I love. Xavier McKinney, he played like garbage last week. A lot of that is you got to you got to look at the players. They got to point in this, you know, they got to point the finger at themselves. Look in the mirror when they had the lockout. They went back and did the collective bargaining agreement. Two of the things they asked for was less tackling in practice and less practice overall. And as fans, we have seen, you know, what that has become. The outcome of it, we've seen a lot of teams become very subpar over the years, where we've gotten to a point where it's really like. Four teams at the end of it, it comes down to it seems like every year. It seems like the same four teams, whether it's the Chiefs, the Bills, the, the 49ers, or the Eagles right now. That's what it seems like. And the rest of these teams seem to be regressing, and I think that does go to the lack of practice time. You cut down on a preseason game. I tell people that you got to take a break. The Giants' first three season weeks, to me, is like an extended preseason. They only had one drive throughout the preseason. I mentioned to you guys when they added the extra game, I said – how teams handle the preseason from now on is going to be huge in how it affects the team because without that extra game, you know, the third game is normally the dress rehearsal. Starters are playing about three quarters, maybe even a little more, depending on how bad they look. Without that game, you've got a situation where the Giants played one series together. Hopefully that team that we've seen play that one series will be out there this Monday because we should get most of the line back. So hopefully we should start to see glimmers of what that was and what it can be. But there's a lot of finger pointing that has to go to the players who ask for less practice time. And we see it. I wasn't happy with the safeties. Xavier McKinney missed how many balls in the air? How many balls were tipped up in the air that could have been caught for interceptions that were just not playing? Techniques are terrible. I want to bash the front seven bad, but if you look at the teams we have been playing, just look at the games. They have been releasing the ball super fast. The 49ers get the ball out in under three seconds. That's hard for any pass rush to get there. The Cowboys have a ridiculous offensive line, but they do get rid of the ball fast. So when you combine those two, again, that makes it difficult. But we do need to see more pass rush. We saw it in the second half of that Cardinals game, and we know that because the Cardinals are a less superior team. They don't get the ball out fast. They don't have a better offensive line. And we start to see what our defense can be. But the Giants just need to get up to speed. The starters haven't played that much. Everything needs to come. Look at Kayvon Thibodeau, who's been a bust. I told you guys I was – not big on getting him. I'd rather have gotten Sauce Gardner. You guys, we need a pass rush. We need a pass rush. Well, guess what? We still need a pass rush. And if I'm being real, Kayvon just hasn't looked like it. Aziz can't stay on the field. And what are we bringing Isaiah Simmons for? I honestly thought we were going to bring Isaiah Simmons in to be our own Micah Parsons. Go out there, chase the quarterback. You have a 4-3 speed. Do that. No, instead we have him playing a traditional linebacker position, which – We've seen it doesn't work in Arizona. (laughs) Get this guy in a position where he can get after the quarterback. His first play of the Giants, he gets after the quarterback, forces an error play from Aaron Rodgers where he throws the ball out of bounds after almost falling. That's the Isaiah Simmons we need to see week in and week out with this lack of pass rush, and then we'll see the interior line start to become who they are. But that has to happen. And the lack of practices and all that, I'm starting to put into it. That is what the cause of these slow starts for these teams. Lions 0-6 last year, went got hot, started going to the playoffs. Slow starts because of the preseason, because of the lack of practicing. But maybe I'm just rambling. I don't know. Interestingly enough, there are only three undefeated teams going into week four left in the NFL. Everyone else has at least an L on them. Uh, Dolphins. The Eagles and the 49ers are the only undefeated teams. Uh, Here's another super interesting fact. The Miami Dolphins, and Sean, you said it earlier, this might be the greatest offense in NFL history. We're at 130 points already. They've got a point differential of plus 59. Yeah, the problem is they're they're two away from a two-hit end of the season. Yeah. (laughs) There's Buffalo, though, is at a plus 56. 
It's not a little shocking. You think uh, all the points, uh, but but uh, Miami's defense, they they got some work to do. So, I I think as, as you look at the as you look at the NFL as a whole right now, outside of the Niners and the Eagles, nobody in the NFC is great. There's nobody in the NFC that scares me, and the AFC. Again, I got questions on everybody. I think Kansas City might still be the class of the AFC. I think the Dolphins are nipping at their toes. And as Sean said, the Bills are back. All the, by the way, for every jackass in the last couple months who suggested that the Jets or the Patriots were going to be competitive in that division, come on. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's a low blow, Joe. That's a low oh, blow. Oh, man. Yeah. I, listen, I got to be honest with you. I feel bad for the Jets right now. I don't. I do. No. I do. That was a team. Look, they're in a weird spot where it, when you trade for Aaron Rodgers, you, you got to trade Justin Wilson you, or Zach Will, whatever the hell his name. You, you, they should have sent that kid packing somewhere, <laughs> anywhere. That's not a good backup quarterback. He makes too much money to be cut. And then you don't really have the fundage to go out there and get a a Teddy Bridgewater type, a guy who you really want to be your number two. They're fine. That's the spot that they put themselves into. That, by the way, if you're a Jets fan and you watch that game, I watched the Jets game this week uh, against the Patriots. I don't know why I tortured myself watching that. I love Mac Jones. He's awful too. Mac Jones, I'm baffled. It, this was two of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. In the last two and a half minutes of that game, the Patriots punted to the Jets like three different times. It's like you guys couldn't even run the clock down at all. They just kept punting the ball back to the Jets. And God damn it, if, if, if Wilson isn't the worst guy who's ever been a quarterback under center in the NFL, I'll take names because I don't know who's worse. He... Uh, you did you guys watch the game where he took the sack no. in the end zone or the first sack where he nobody was he, like oh, yeah. was pressure he just, he just, he just fell. No one beats Dan Orlovsky running out the back of the end zone for the Lions. <laughs> no one will ever. Although Dan Orlovsky, uh, certainly, despite being one of the crappiest NFL quarterbacks ever to start in this league for any amount of time. It's made a good certainly, career. Out of it. Certainly does act like he knows what he's talking about and he knows what he's doing. And 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 make I think that's it. hilarious. Make it till you make it. No, the, yeah. the, the Jets are in a perfect position. If I'm, if I'm being honest, you start Zach Wilson every what? week. You start Zach Wilson every week, and you lose every goddamn game. It don't look like you're taking because you're starting a kid who's <laughs> supposed to be your future. You go out there and you get you a top pick where you you're top ten. You're in the top ten now because you basically tanked. You ain't gonna win no games with the kid. I don't yep. care what you do. You ain't going to win no games with a maybe five. They put you in the top ten. You could trade up, get, get you in the top whatever, maybe top two, top five. You can get you a Shador Sanders. You can get you a Caleb Williams. Get you one of those guys. Let them sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a year. Come on, take off. Now you got a future. But no, stupid Jeff fans, go ahead. Waste money. Go get a Kirk Cousins. Go get somebody stupid and waste your fan. I kind of love Jeff fans. You're stupid. You deserve to be miserable. You deserve it because you want to see your team go out and put a better quarterback and, 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 and win games that you shouldn't be winning. I love you idiots. I do. I really do love Jeff fans. <laughs> you Think about this. You could lose every game and set yourself up to have a future quarterback for the next 10 years. While you have a great quarterback that's going to teach him for at least a year, maybe two, if Aaron Rodgers wants to give it an extra year because the first year went bad. But no. Bring in Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love to be a backup next year for Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers. Well, not for nothing, right? Let's think about Kirk Cousins for a minute. Really good regular season quarterback. Probably could turn things around. Maybe could even get your Jets to the playoffs or close to it, only to lose in the playoffs. Which... Gives you what the nineteenth, twentieth pick in the draft, yeah. right? It's like, dude, if you're you're exactly right. I mean, the, the, Wilson sets you up to to go literally one in sixteen here. Lock up Caleb Williams, 
and move on because uh, you could have. Yeah, I think Jets fans are so upset because this was finally the year that, you know, they have everything so good around them. They have, you know, good playmakers. They have a great defense. And Aaron Rodgers is coming in. And this is the year that the Jets are finally here. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender. And then four plays in, it all comes to a crashing halt. So I think that's why Jets fans just want something right now because they were they had such high expectations for this year that they, you know, they can't watch Zach Wilson go out there every week and literally embarrass himself to the point where um, every NFL fan is clowning on this dude. I mean, he is an absolute joke. Every and every Jets fan wants him out of there, wants him uh, banished uh, somewhere that's not New Jersey, across the country. Um, so yeah, so I think that's why I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think Jets fans are just so impatient because they want a quick fix right now, even though – I don't think it's going to help anything. It's it's just a no. disaster for them. It's dumb. Take it from a Mets fan. Listen, the Jets will learn like Steve Cohen. You cannot buy a championship in this day and age. It doesn't work like that. Build something. Take your time. Lose some games. You, you were in this position a couple years ago, and you won a meaningless game, and you lost out on Trevor Lawrence. You forgot about that? You're going to do this to yourself twice? You can do this all this all twice. Uh, that, that would be very that would be very jets of them to do that. So if, I, I think they're if I'm Rob Sala, I'm sitting everybody in in a meeting except for Zach. Like, look, guys, we're starting him on purpose. You seen the Caleb William kid? Oh, yeah. You want him throwing you balls? Oh, okay. All right. Everybody, just play along. We love the locker room. We love Zach, and we're just gonna run him out there every week. I would just fake it until the end of the year, and then kick him on his ass at the end of the year. Because what are we doing here? What are we doing? What are the that's Jets that's doing? a long that's a long season for those Jets players to sit through though. Uh, that's wow. a, I think that's a hard the Jets have sell to sell many team. losing seasons already. What's another one? What, what's, what's, yeah, what's, but they one? for those Jets players that know that they can compete if they just had a competent quarterback. I, I think it's tough for them to sit there and you know them for do for them to do nothing except for sign Trevor Simeon off a practice squad and say, hey, here's Zach Wilson's competition. I think that's a tough sell move. to the locker room that they're just throwing in the towel for the year it's the smart move it's like i gotta tell you with the mets we didn't want to disagree with that we didn't we didn't want to see selling at the trade deadline but it was the smart move for the franchise going forward and that's what jet fans have to realize there's a difference between watching and winning meaningless games and putting yourself for a better future you could lose these games yeah who cares you you lose games all the time you're the jets we don't expect you to win a championship but then you can set yourself up where you're actually expected to win a championship because I'm more comfortable next year with Caleb Williams and Shador Sanders as a backup quarterback than Zach Wilson. I, that's for yeah. damn sure. And I'm telling you now, he's on a rookie contract. He's a high pick. He ain't going nowhere next year neither. Yeah. <laughs> you have to understand as Jeff fans. Obviously, we're not Jeff fans. It's not our dilemma. We, we care like a pinch of salt. We'll be fine. But they have to understand they have to set up their future. It's just part of sports. You don't want to sell off your future like the Rams did. The Rams are lucky that Matthew Stafford's as good as he is, or they'd be very, very, very miserable right now. Yeah. Because they sold off their future for one championship, Jets. Is that what you want? One more championship and in 64 more years and none? Come on, people. I think Come the Jets will take that, though. I think they, they would too. That's what desperate fans do. I'm going to give you my, my five team parlay for this weekend, by the way. Uh, and I think these are easy locks here. You can, you can pretty much cash your check. Now you got Philly at home against Washington. Come on. Easy. You got yeah, Los Philly. Angeles Philly at home Philly. for Las Vegas. Mm. Easy. Easy breezy. Dallas is entertaining the Patriots at home. San Francisco is home for Arizona. And the Kansas City Chiefs head to New York to play the Jets. That's, those, that's those are five, all, five gimmies. Those are all going to hit except for your boy Justin Herbert is going to tear it apart for you. Just for all the slander that you've thrown his way, he's gonna throw. He's gonna throw a pick six with two seconds left, and the Raiders are gonna end up winning. No, it'll game. be the Commanders beating the Eagles. That's what it'll be. Because or that Eagles, they beat them last year. The Eagles have looked human. They have looked human this year. They have that not looked true. like the team they were last year. 
it, a plus twenty five in the point differential. It hasn't they haven't they haven't won impressively. They they, they have, even I thought they were going to lose that game to the Patriots, and we talked about how bad Mac Jones is of a quarterback. They didn't look that. They looked like they was almost going to blow that game to the Buccaneers a couple of nights ago. I was really nervous for them at the end. Obviously, they they got a turnover because Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. He gets the ball back and gives it right back to them. But boy, they they the Eagles are a the problem with the Eagles right now to me is they have to play almost perfect to win. That's what I'm seeing with the Eagles. They have to play almost a complete game to win. Because if they don't, there are cracks and holes where they can lose. They have not looked as dominant as they did last year. I don't know if the offensive, maybe the offensive coordinator change, maybe that's the issue. Maybe defensive coordinator change. I don't know what it is. There's something. I can't put my finger on it. And that's why I'm not ready to give the Eagles the division just yet. I think there's, there's, there's something human about them this year. That I didn't see last year. I will tell you this. I did have two at Tagovailoa uh, as my starting quarterback in fantasy last week. And holy crap. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if him or Big Mike Williams, uh, who put up like 40 points, uh, catching passes from uh, your boy, Justin Herbert. Uh, he was a monster. And uh, oh, my Jesus. God, dude. Jesus, boy. <laughs> Debo Samuel, um, yeah. who else I have? Amari Cooper. I mean, I, do, I I had one of the greatest weeks in the history of uh, fantasy, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it, it was it was an unbelievable week. I I cleared 200 points in two different leagues, and I pulled myself from the cusp of disaster to back into contention. It's a long it's a long season. Must be nice. Yeah, it is. Must be nice. I'm ready. You guys, it. you guys got a fantasy lock this week. Who who who's got to be in people's starting lineups? Uh, yeah, Sean, you want to go first? I mean, it, it. Um, no, I don't even have one prepared. You don't even got one. Look, it, look for me, it's it's Amarase Brown tonight. Um, sky's unstoppable. I I honestly. He, he had an off week last week. He didn't have as good of a week he did, you know, against the Chiefs. So I expect him to turn around tonight against a Green Bay Packers team that we know is it's not what it used to be since Aaron Rodgers left. That's the reason why he's not there. That's not a knock on, on Jordan Love. He, he'll, you know, he looks good for, you know, what you're asking him to do, replace an all-time legend. So, you know, they're going to have their hiccups, but I think – They'll have too many hiccups, and they'll give the Lions the ball way too many times, and Amara is going to have himself a night. Sean, no, I gave you no uh, time. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to go with something that I don't feel great about, but I'm going to do it. I'll go with Justin Fields against the Broncos. Um, their defense has been god-awful. He's been off to a rough start. Maybe the two worst teams in the NFL, but um, I, I think that – he, I, I think that he's he's definitely upset with the offense right now. Um, I think he's gonna you know put up some numbers against his Broncos uh, defense, who's been awful. I I don't feel great about it. But I see what he's saying. Yo, Zay, not for nothing. Obviously, not for nothing. Something's got to give in that game. That's what Something's got to give. Maybe Miles Russell Wilson becomes Russell Wilson again. I, I, I'll bet Russell Wilson becomes Russell Wilson again before Justin Fields has a good game. I would be willing to put that. Back. Uh, Russell Wilson hasn't been good for. A long time now. I Justin Fields at least at least showed showed okay. some signs of promise last two year, years. and that's he why had he had two rough years years. on the Broncos. Relax, people. His last year with Seattle wasn't great either. Again, let's not forget this man is a, a, a pass away with should have been a run play from having two Super Bowl championships. No one has that in this era, but Pat Mahomes. That's fine, but that was so also a decade. That was also a decade ago. Yeah, you can call it what you want. You can, you can say he's washed. That's what he is. You can say he's whatever washed. you want. Wash whatever you want. Justin Fields is washed. I don't think Justin Fields is that great. I just think he has the ability with one one run he can break a game open. And, Keep and I think that he actually has somewhat of a weapon this year. I don't think Justin Fields is good. I really, I really don't. I, I just think that the Broncos defense got awful. <laughs> Keep your phone on. I'll be texting you. Keep your phone on. Okay. That's Every, great. Hey, I said I started with saying I don't feel great about it, but I, I just I got a feeling. This will be his one good game of the year. I guess it's a good us. way to patent the fall. Good way to soften the falling ass. I like that. I don't feel good about it. You gotta, yeah, no see. way. 
You gotta protect. You're not gonna it. like mine. My fantasy lock: Seattle Seahawks running back Kenneth Walker the third. I feel like you did this last week McC- with. McCaffrey. I did. And I'll tell you what, McCaffrey had a pretty good week. <laughs> he kind of did. Uh, and I feel like again, I haven't seen the 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 Giants defensive front tell me that they can stop this. It's either that or DK Metcalf's gonna have like 180 yards receiving on six or seven catches. Um, I'm assuming I, I just think I think the Giants corners are playing much better than the defensive front. So I think they're gonna pound this ball to Kenneth Walker. I think he's gonna have a pretty big day and it's gonna be a long Monday night. Just got the Giants fan, right? Yeah, I, I love like, the Giants, but I, I also like, like to win fantasy. Oh man, I like oh, your man. strategy of just picking against. That's what happens when you get paid. Dexter Lawrence got paid. When yeah. players get paid, they're not as good as they were. I'm, I don't know what it is. It's weird. It's it's weird. It happens. They get. You know what I think it is because you you work so hard to get paid that it basically you you popped your cherry and now you're on your way back down. Listen, uh, Polar Knights, you've made this joke before. Step up your game, dude. I yeah, think I you like could I've do better. What's the evolution, though? Made the same joke. Yeah, plus they're all basically full beards. Come on. You work on the who, jokes, buddy. Who, wait, wait. Who doesn't have a full one? Now you're saying basically who doesn't? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. going to need a power ranking from Polar Knights. Yeah. yeah. Come on, on Polar beards. Knights. If you're gonna bring it, bring it. Okay, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, you got to bring it. Stuff in here. That's all. It's all we're asking for. Um. All right. Well, you guys. So, what do you guys think? You guys think the Giants are gonna? You guys think the Giants win the game Monday night? I do. I think they're still on track. I said before there were games on the schedule. I thought that they could win and they could lose. Right off the bat, we you know we were unsure if the Dallas game could go either way. Um. We all basically put the 49ers game down as a loss, even though I think Brock Purdy is a front runner and I will continue to run with that. He's a front runner. He's not that good. That's what happens when you are an average quarterback that gets drafted on a good team. Unlike the good quarterbacks who get drafted on crappy teams because they get high picks, but that's just another topic for another day. But again, I thought they were going to beat Arizona. They beat Arizona and I marked off Seattle as a win. I think it should be a win. Uh, Then we lose to Seattle last year, correct? So yep. it should be another get-right game for the Giants, and I, I think we're still on schedule. I still think of the same record I had at the beginning. I, I don't – what was it? It was like 13 and what, – what was it, 13 and 4, something like that? It's something crazy. You still, think that's, you still think that's a number they can get to? Maybe, maybe 11. I'm thinking maybe 11, 12 range. I still think that's possible. Sean, I do think – I don't think we've seen the Giants. I think – I don't think we've seen the Giants. I think the Giants that we've seen in the second half of the Cardinals game and that one drive we see in preseason, I think that's the Giants, and they just got to put it together. I literally do. That's why you're basing it off of one half in a preseason drive after we've seen the games? Look, I'll take it. It's a lot more than we've seen in a lot of years. It's a lot more than we've seen, bro. And, again, look at their first three games. We expected two out of at least one win, maybe two, because of what we saw. So our eyes aren't having lied to us yet. They haven't I agree. With, I agree with that. But the fashion in which we got beat in week one and week three okay. hasn't been promising. Week, week one, torrential downpour, everything that can that's, go. Wrong. I mean, you can't obviously you can't that's, put it all on that. It was it was raining though. No, no, I, not, I'm not. I'm it's saying torrential downpour, everything that could go wrong that went wrong. It could went wrong in the first half. It basically took the fight out of the team in the second half. There was no fight. I don't care. It was what a disaster. Happened. It yeah, was a disaster right out of the gate, and they, they never the got their footing. That will never happen again. I'm right, be rude. That won't happen the second time they play. Granted, because it'll be in the dome, but it will never happen that way again. Uh, it takes a lot of things for things to go wrong like that. Even when you saw it in the Cardinals game, it started off that way, and then they were like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's reel this back in. We're better than that. Because just as easy as the Cardinals beat the Cowboys last week, they could have handed the Giants in the second half of that game. They had more; they were up way more points on the Giants than they were in the Cowboys. Sure, uh, you know I'm I'm glad you brought that up because you and I certainly gave it to our buddy Sander, uh, the Cowboys fan who was talking all that smack. And oh, that was hilarious. I mean, look, 
not for nothing. You could say what you want about the Cardinals are tanking, and the, that's why the Giants came back in the second half. Well, then Dallas has a lot of explaining to do because you couldn't come back against a team that's tanking. I don't know. Could Giants be- have been outscored 63-6 to in the first half, and we know since the Dable era began, this team does not score in the first half. They do all their damage in the second half. That's something that's got to change, and it's got to change quick because this is not a good football team coming from behind. Uh, <laughs> no, at least, I mean, at least they haven't shown that yet, except for if, if they lost. Once, I can't say, you know, <laughs> it's not that bad. You guys remember this dude? Yeah, yeah, the, the guy who left us. Well, anyway. We love you, Chase Garcia. We I love you. This, this narrative about the Cardinals being a mediocre team, like, yeah. They, they, they play hard. They're, they're 0-3. They're, but, I mean, they're 1-2, and two, excuse me, but they can easily be 3-0, and right? Easily 3-0. With the quarterback who came in a couple of weeks before the season, you know, first game, you know, a couple of days before the first game, he's playing. You know, he don't even have a jersey until last week in the damn in the market. He put that out there. So don't give me this half team. This, these are all NFL players. They're all still playing for their jobs. they all still playing because even if the team is tanking, the team is looking like, who, you know, who are we going to keep for next year who we're not? These guys are still going out there and earning a check. They got families to feed. So don't give me that nonsense about, you know, a mediocre team. A mediocre, they're, they're in the NFL because they're at that level. They could have finished that game off. They didn't. They didn't. I think I think this is the best test, though, to see if we're a med- mediocre team or not though, this upcoming week because we're not in the Niners or Cowboys class. Um, I mean, we're not. The Cardinals was great that we came back and won that game. but mm-hmm. And even though the Cardinals beat the Cowboys last week, I still think they're a bottom half uh, team in this league. I, I think that's fair to say. Granted. So this is the first team that's, I think, close enough to our level where we can actually compare ourselves to where I think we'll have a better idea going forward what we're going to look like um, after this upcoming game on Monday night. 0-6, I'll bring back to you. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks. I think Joe brought it up too. Giants started off 0-2. Then the second half, they were getting their ass handed to them by the Redskins. And there was a third, a four-play four, four stop at the goal line. Turned their whole entire season around. All it takes sometimes is just a little confidence, and you can reel off six in a row. And you can lose two, reel off another three in a row. You can. This is the reason the NFL is so great is because every game matters, and there's only 17 of them. We're sitting here on week three, assuming what the team is going to be in week 18. You can't do that, especially this team. When I when I tell you the Lions started off 0 6 and barely missed the playoffs. We are in the era of teams going 0-3 and, and it's completely over. No, you have extra games now. You've got extra playoff spots now. We can't sit here three weeks in and break apart a whole team, who to trade, who to keep. Let's start the offseason now. There's so much still to go. That, that's not what I'm saying, though. It, I'm, it, just saying from what, I'm just saying from what we've seen on the field, I don't think we can say that you know we're an 11, 12 win team right now. That's from what I've seen on the field. I think we look more like a seven, eight win team than an 11, 12 win team that's you know competing for the playoffs. I and that's why that's why I said I, this week is important um, to see where we are down the I, line. Can I? I say I think you're both right. I, I agree, Sean. That this is a team that I think you're in. That's you're in that similar mid echelon, or so we think. And if the Giants get it handed to them by Seattle, then you know that they're terrible. Yeah. If the Giants can can play with these guys or beat these guys, then you're like, oh, all right. So we're we're here. We're not at Cowboy Niner level, but we're we're somewhere in here, and that would be fine. I do think this team can still turn things around. I think that's Giants football. Again, this is a second-half football team. We know the first eight games of this year's schedule. Brutal. A brutal schedule. Things do lighten up a little bit in the second half. They're a better second-half team uh, anyway. I mean, schedule-wise, not necessarily the second half, which so far, that's kind of how it's it's shaken out. Just the whole true. <laughs> All right, before we end the show, uh, obviously, we've, we've got to address this. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, how adorable! Can you guys loving that or what? Can we not? I've blocked Taylor Swift on any Twitter memes, <laughs> mentions, or anything. I don't want to see it or hear about it. It's 
I think this is why Zay was excited to hop on today. <laughs> oh, yes. The highlight of my day about Travis Kelsey and, and Taylor Swift will be together for maybe a month or two more. Over around a month and a half. They're they're both wishy washy people. I don't I don't I don't. Did see you it see the numbers though? Young women watching that football game. It was like a thirty percent spike. Yeah, it, um, when, when, when she's doing the halftime. When Taylor Swift is doing Super Bowl halftime shows, and we have to sit through that crap, it'll be because they saw the viewership of him of her just going to a game. Imagine if she's actually performing. Let me ask you this: <laughs> Let's say the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl this year. No. Do Not you sure. think? Do you think they'll be long enough that she would still be with him and she'll be at the game even though she's not performing? You think they're done by January? She'll probably be at the game to. What's the standing sharp? Nope. Nope. <laughs> not a chance. Not a damn. I love this. Have you guys seen the videos, though, where the women uh, say to their husbands, they're like, wow, this is great that Taylor Swift's helping to put this Travis Kelsey guy on the map. And then the husbands melt down. Like, uh, gentlemen, if, if that's you, people are laughing at you. You're, you're showing an insecurity. Uh, and you don't have to. You don't need to defend Travis Kelsey. He's fine. And sometimes women are more successful than men, and they might even date. And it's nothing for a grown man to be a pissy bitch about. So, guys, I've seen a lot of these videos on the TikTok, and, and you look like a little bitch melting down about this, okay? Taylor Swift makes more money per night, $13 million, then Travis Kelsey makes per season $12 million. Okay? Um, he's famous in his own right. He's hosted SNL. He's got a really super popular podcast. He plays for the friggin' Chiefs. He has more endorsements than she does. She's not a big endorser. She doesn't really like to do that. But she's still raking in as much money per night as he does in a season. I know it's a little untraditional. And for some reason, right-wing media is losing their mind about this. And to that, I say, grow the fuck up. Okay? Like Zay said, this isn't going to last long. Let the kids enjoy it. All about the kids here, John, about money. the G-Men. Too much money. The relationship can never work. There's too much money involved. Yeah. By the way, have you seen his previous girlfriends? They're all like super hot black supermodels. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Notice notice the mustache change too, right? You notice that, right? Yeah. He went from come on, bro, to get on your knees, boy. Real <laughs> that's, that's that's pretty that's pretty bad of you, Travis. I, I, I messed with come on, bro, Travis. Not put your hands behind your back, Travis. I'm not a fan of this one. Oh so, my God. Uh, this is my fault for even bringing this up. That's my fault, Sean. I deserve that. And Zay, you you were right to say all those horrible things you just said. Uh, I I I opened the what door, that? and that, what, that's just, that's that. what I, I got. All off, throw off the evolution of beards, and, and and just get this mustache going. Who's it? Polar Knights will be upset because you know one of us won't have a beard anymore. I don't even think I could do that type of mustache. If I'm being honest, I I don't think I have the genetics for it. Yeah, I'll shave. I'll shave to a mustache for next week's show. Yeah, I it's got too much testosterone to do that myself. <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, clovercrestmedia.com backslash joining about the G Men. Make sure you follow us on the YouTube's. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on the Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Make sure you uh, subscribe and do all that other crap. Uh, we'd all really appreciate it. Zay, thank you for showing up. Always appreciate that. Oh, I love I'm just it. I love I'm being an joking. extra on the show. There's nothing more <laughs> than being a guest and hearing you two guys expert input and just joining in. I just <laughs> thank you guys for the opportunity. I'm flattered to I love you. Happy. You're the man. I thought I thought Zay said he wasn't gonna be around this week and I didn't send him an invite and the show started and I got a very pissy I'm just sitting here at home. Look. Uh, and so, no, that was my bad. And I do apologize. And Zay, you know, you're, you're, you're my boy and I love you, dude. And I love when you're on the show, you, you really make this show, especially, oh, especially when you say something absurd and everybody looks at you crazy 
And then a month later, we're, I'm, I'm always like, God, he was fucking right again. It happens. It happens. He, he, Zane, he, no Zane says a lot of things that in the moment you're like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. And then fast forward a month and you're like, oh, my God. Well, that's what why ESPN didn't hire me. But that's that's why I ran into that issue, and this is why I'm at CBS because ESPN they heard you know this guy you know he doesn't say what we want him to say. He doesn't say the most obvious dumb thing that you can say on TV. He can't work for ESPN. He can't have the most obvious opinion out there that people had already known for four months. But now we got to make it seem like because we know about it, everybody else knows about it. But that's ESPN, so it's cool. I enjoy being the oddball who makes those weird random takes that no one agrees with at first, and it works out. That's- that's why we love you, Zay. Thanks. I appreciate it. into the future. I'm crying. He's great. Anyway, for King Zay, the man Isaiah grows. For Sean Scanlon, I'm Joe McGuire. Thanks so much for watching. We'll catch you next week for John about the G-Men.